Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, other words she's implying. Where have I been while my world has been dying? Lord, teach me. Oh! 
and all who are thirsty and all who are weak come to the fountain and if you are
They said a prophet. They said he's a fraud. He's a God. But he's fully a man. And he was born to be a king. No, he was silent. Like a lamb to the slaughter, he was silent. In his patience, he endured. But I know the end of the story. And we're only at the beginning.
the throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne. The throne that's been established from eternity. The throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance. The angels. The seraphim. Beauty everywhere. The river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. of divine encounter. be lost in the raging fire that flows from your throne, O oh God. We want to be 
flaming fire. watched till thrones were put in place and the ancient of days was seated his garment was white as snow the hair of his head was like pure wool his throne was like flaming fire its wheels were like a burning flame oh the throne burning with flaming fire river of fire flowed from the throne of God. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before the throne. And the court was seated. And the books were opened. The river of fire with flaming fire. The furnace of love. Beauty. Raging fire. Raging fire. Raging fire. Eternal desire. 
This is our inheritance. Oh God, to stand before the great white throne. To be lost in the river of holy fire. Holy romance. camp around your throne, O God. The place of an abandoned life, standing before the throne forever and ever.
All right, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Just taking some time to worship the Lord. You know that song's called Throne of God. It's talking about gathering around the throne, worshiping, giving God praise, beholding the beauty of the Lord, staying in His presence, experiencing Him. You know, Jesus said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we talked about will and kingdom and lining up with the things of God, lining up with what God's saying. We need to realize our focus, our attention, our model, the image that we should portray needs to line up with what's in heaven. It needs to line up with what's in heaven. So God is calling us to seek first his kingdom and to call forth those things. And if we're going to call heaven into earth, if we're going to bring a convergence of heaven into earth, then we need to know what heaven looks like. We need to know what's going on in the heavens. We need to know what's taking place up there. No, Jesus said we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. He said we're to set our mind on things above, not on things below. We need to begin to get a different mentality, a different concept, if you will, a different mindset from the carnal, earthly mindset that most of us have. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So whatever you're meditating on, whatever you're allowing to come into your heart, eventually it's going to get into your life. The Bible says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, which means whatever goes into your life, whatever goes into your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Jesus said, you have whatever you say to fruit of your lips brings forth life or death, right? So whatever you speak is going to come into your life. So into your life, into your eyes, into your ears, into your heart, into your mind, into your mouth, into your life. That's the progression of things in the kingdom. It's the way things roll in God's kingdom as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, that needs to be our mindset. We need to adopt that kingdom policy in our life, that kingdom principle. You know, God's calling us to a higher place. God's calling us to a higher place in him. We need to come to that place where we're seeking first his kingdom. Listen, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. 
He said, I know my sheep and they know me. They know my voice and the voice of the stranger they will not follow, which means the opportunity to hear other voices, the opportunity to hear other things and for other voices to speak into your life, to do things or to bring a mindset that's contrary to the word of God or cause you to do something that's contrary to the word of God. He never said you wouldn't hear other voices. He never said you wouldn't have competition with the voice of the Lord. There's so many things competing for your time, competing for your attention, competing for your focus. That's why God says, look, you have to be still. Know that I'm God. You have to be still and know that I'm God. What he says. So we need to come to that place where there's a stillness, there's a settling. All right, sorry about that. So you know, kingdom mindsets, setting our minds on things above. We need to come to a place we need to come to a place where God is first and foremost. You know, what did what did the Lord say even in the Old Testament to the Jewish people? He said what? Continually put me before your eyes. Meditate on me day and night. Don't look to the right or the left. But there was this constant meditating, this constant focusing on God's word, this constant understanding of what God is saying, a constant bringing the things of God to our attention. You know, the word itself says, he who keeps his mind on me continually, I'll keep him in perfect peace. Jesus said, if you meditate, or David said, rather, if you meditate day and night on the word, you'll be like a tree planted beside rivers of living water. Now think about that. What does that tell you? A tree. If you go down to the riverbank, you go down to places where there's a lot of water, you'll notice that most of the trees that are growing there have amazing root systems, and for the most part, they're not dry. They're not withered. They're not famished. They're usually flourishing. They're usually some of the biggest trees in the forest. The ones that are down planted beside the river. The most blessed. Why? Why do they thrive? Why are they so hardy? Because they're right embedded in the middle of that living water right embedded into its own water system where its roots are constantly getting fed. Constantly getting fed. And so if you'll stay in the river, Jesus said, look, out of your belly will flow rivers. There's a fountain of life. And if you drink from it, you'll never thirst again. Why? 
It's continual. It's perpetual. It's ongoing. It's not conditional. You see, most things that perish or feed you in the world are, are conditional. Even even your natural family, there's conditions centered around that. But with God, listen, he's not limited to how he's going to take care of you. He's not limited to how he's going to strengthen you in your weakness. He's not limited to how he can heal you in your sickness. He's not limited to how he can take nothing in your life and turn it into something. Because, see, the worlds are framed by the word of God. And everything in your life, everything in your world, is framed by the word of God. And your words create your surroundings. Your words create your future. Your words create your cursing and blessing. Listen, why? God gave you to be the steward of it. God gave us to be the steward. All right, so you know we just need to get to that place the Bible tells us to pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's these different things, these different mandates that were given, different mandates that were given to, to pray about, different things that God wants us to connect about. Listen, there's certain things that are taking place in the earth today that God wants us to be a part of, wants us to get involved in, to usher his plans and purposes into the earth. And if we're not taking opportunities, if we're not taking those times to do that, then we're selling ourselves short. We're missing out on what God has prepared for us. And the Bible says, no eye has seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. All right, well, we're back. Just having some technical difficulties tonight. Sorry about that. So listen, you know, all this back and forth is kind of causing me to to drop my focus. But this is what I want to say, basically. It's time that we get to a place. Look, the Bible says God already knows what we have need of before we ask. Jesus said we don't have to keep asking and repeating ourselves. We talked about this in Matthew 6 yesterday. He said, look, don't use vain repetitions like the heathen do. Don't keep asking and asking and asking. Why? Because your father knows what you already have need of. Does that mean we should never ask? Of course not. When you ask, what it does is it puts you in a place of humility. It puts you in a place of vulnerability where you have to reach out to God. You have to reach out. 
to your Heavenly Father. And prayer is reaching to God. Prayer is asking. But it's not just asking, it's receiving. And for so long we've done so much asking and asking and asking and asking. See, Jesus said, I only pray when I hear the Father praying. I only speak when I hear the Father speaking. There's a principle there. We need to get to a place where we say what God says. We need to get to a place where we speak what God speaks. When it comes to your family, guess what? You need to find out what God is saying in his word. And in the time, the moment of time, the critical moment that your family's in, that your uh whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's your parents, whether it's your aunts, uncles, whoever it is, listen, sisters, brothers, whoever, begin to listen to what God is speaking concerning their lives. Begin to speak what God is speaking into the earth concerning their lives, concerning your life, concerning your place of employment. Listen. If you want to have a prosperous life, if you want to have favor in the workplace, guess what? Seek the Lord. Begin to declare what God's word says concerning favor, concerning your finances. If God says he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then when you're walking through a season of lack, guess what you need to do? You need to begin to confess. You need to begin to declare. You need to decree the fact that God says he's more than enough. If you're going through a season where you're dealing with infirmities and sickness, maybe your strength and your motivation is zapped, then you need to begin to meditate and find out what God's speaking concerning your health, concerning his strength concerning how to overcome your weaknesses. Begin to apply his word to your life. And it sounds so elementary, but listen, if we would just begin to do the word, the simplicity and the basic foundational truths of the word of God, we would just begin to work them into our lives and begin to do what they say. Listen, it would bring great results. I know the difference in my own life when I'm walking according to the word of the Lord and I'm walking according to my own plans and purposes, I see the fruits, I see the results, I see the difference. The Bible says if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting, but if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And we wonder why things get so twisted and corrupted and things in our life get so skewed and, and turned around And maybe it's because we need to take inventory of our lives and back up a little bit and begin to see if we're doing and speaking and acting in accordance to what God has decreed over our lives. And more times than not, if things aren't going right, there's probably some things where we're missing it in Samaria. Now, on the flip side, you may be living above reproach and consecrated unto God and working the Bible as much as you know how and working and following the Holy Spirit as good as you know how and you still have opposition. Well, listen, we have an enemy. The Bible says your 
enemy, your adversary, the devil, goes to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour. So you have an enemy going to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he can devour. At the same time, you have a God whose spirit is going to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts that are fully his. And the only way the enemy is going to devour you is if your heart is not completely God. If your heart is completely the Lord, guess what? Jesus said, the enemy can't touch me because he has nothing in me. There's nothing of him in me, Jesus said. Therefore, it rendered the enemy powerless in his life. And if you want to get to a place where the enemy is powerless in your life, then you've got to get to a place where there's nothing of him in you. I need to get to a place where there's nothing of him in me. The only thing is that I must decrease Man's and people's opinions must decrease. Man's and people's way of doing things in my life must decrease. And I need to begin to increase in kingdom-minded activities, kingdom-minded principles, kingdom-minded declarations. Why? Because kingdom brings kingdom. And light brings light. Light exposes darkness. But guess what? Darkness brings darkness. And flesh breeds corruption. And if you want blessing in your life, if you want kingdom in your life, if you want the fruit of the Spirit, the produce of your life to be a true spiritual product, then it's got to come from God. It's got to be born of the Spirit. It's got to be produced in God's Spirit. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, the Bible says the Father and and the Son are one, and they're one with the Spirit, and they're one with the Word. So that tells you anything that lines up with the Bible is approved of God. And the things that do not line up with the Word of God, God does not approve of them. Now, there's certain specifics that you may not see in the Bible, but there's a there's continuity, there's a, a theme, there's a flow. And you can pretty much tell if a positive is a, in a positive flow or in a negative flow. You can usually tell the difference. But we've got to get back. But thus saith the Lord, we live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth, right? And you hear me say this all the time, but listen, it's crucial, it's critical, not just for this hour, but for every hour. What happens when you have a crisis in your life and the only thing that's going to deliver you is the word of the Lord? You better hear the word of the Lord. You better be in a position where you can hear him. You better be so not busy with the things of the world 
where you've actually taken time to begin to listen to him speak to your heart, to begin to listen to him speak to your life by his spirit, through his word. Maybe he's speaking to you through somebody. Maybe he's talking to you through circumstances. Maybe he's talking to you through just normal things in your everyday life. But listen, you've got to have an ear to hear. You've got to be sensitive to his dealings. You've got to be conformed to his ways to recognize his ways. Do you know how they train bank tellers to recognize a counterfeit bill? The, the normal, typical answer for most people is give them a bunch of counterfeits. But you know what they do? They they sit them down and they give them bills and bills and bills and bills and bills, regular money, real money, different denominations, different years, different prints. And they get them handling and around and consumed and just around the money all day long. So they know what a real bill feels like, looks like, smells like. So they know everything about a bill, everything about the denomination, everything about the way it's printed, everything about the way it looks, feels, the texture, the ink, the watermark, everything. Listen, all aspects. Do you know how you're going to recognize a counterfeit in God's kingdom? Get around the genuine. Get around the real spirit of God. Get to know the real Jesus. Begin to meditate on the word of God, which is the truth, not the fake, but the truth. You get around the genuine, and you can recognize an imposter. You get to know your father, the shepherd. You get to know his voice, and guess what? All of a sudden, you know when the stranger's talking to you because it just doesn't sound right. You know when something doesn't feel right. Your gut feeling something in your knowers going off. And go, wait a minute, caution, this isn't right. You know if you're familiar with a direction, you're familiar with a way to get somewhere, and you're going down your normal route, your normal path to get there, and all of a sudden you turn off the beaten path, and, and you begin to look around, and all of a sudden your landmark and the road and the street lights and everything around you, the 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 places of business, the houses, whatever it is, the trees even. Things just don't look right. Wait a minute. I'm not on the right path. I'm not in the right route. I'm not going the right direction. And in God's kingdom, listen. God has straight paths that he's cut out for you. God has a path that leads to life. And when you begin to go in the flow and in the move of the things of God, you begin to listen to his voice, and you begin to go in a forward motion in the kingdom. All of a sudden, when you 
take a different direction that's not in the spirit. All of a sudden, it just doesn't feel right. All of a sudden, things just don't look right. It's not familiar. You're out of your element. You ever notice when you're used to going someplace, you can kind of take more liberty than, than not when you're familiar with something? It becomes kind of old hat. It becomes just part of your everyday activity, your everyday habit. You can almost do things with your eyes closed. But you start driving around, you start getting around people you're not familiar with or driving in places you're not familiar with or you start a new job and you're in a completely different location. And you sort of approach things more cautiously. There might be a little more of a hesitation or timidity about approaching or about taking on certain things or going a certain direction or just the liberty that you once had in in the thing you were familiar with all of a sudden, you don't have it anymore. And it's like that in God's kingdom. We'll talk about that. We'll get into that. But we need to become sensitive to God's ways. We need to be so consumed with God and His presence and His Word and His people and the character and the things of God and so become so familiar with the genuine things of God in our lives. The genuine move of the Holy Spirit. What What is effectual, effective prayer really? What is that like? How do we know when God's really speaking to us or somebody's really giving us a real word from the Lord? These are things we're going to meditate on and talk about on and dive into this year. But we've got to get familiar with the genuine. We've got to know the real deal before we can recognize the fake. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, for your reality to touch every person tonight, the genuineness of your spirit, that you would touch everybody in their body, everybody in their mind and their spirit. Bless their marriages, bless their children, bless their parents, bless their families, bless their ministries, and bless their finances and health in Jesus' name. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and you have a blessed night.